T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to stop no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chad, throw the match. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a Brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Super excited to discuss this game. Yeah, let's uh, hear your excuses. USC, the seventh-ranked team in the land, goes to Rice-Eccles Stadium and uh, is defeated by Utah. 43-42. Ballsy call? Ballsy call to go for two? Yeah. Right call, though. Yeah, it's the right call. Ballsy, though. That was the hands-down 100%. Right call, way put, to go. Put the nuts on the block and let's yeah. see what happens. It's, and when you have Cam Rising in, he is the athlete that he is. Again, this is, it was too late against UCLA, mm-hmm. against USC. They unleashed him a little bit sooner and they let him use his legs. He is one of the great creators in college football. He is, Rising is frustrating and enthralling to watch all at the same time. They called him. A fixer. They called him and Caleb Williams fixers. Yes. And that's I think a that's a way great way, way. Because you can scheme something away all you want. Like, they schemed Caleb Williams fantastically. And then Caleb Williams says, not reverse spins, pivots out, and throws a 40-yard dart. Mm-hmm. Cam Rising's like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to make a read and, they, they, you know, run a little RPO action. And then he decides, you know what? I'm not even going to hand this off. I'm going to keep it myself and run behind my offensive line and, and pick up a first down here. And you're just sitting there going, what the hell, man? All right. Well, how do you feel about it? Do you have an excuse for it, or no? I mean, no. I, I I don't have any excuses. I'm I'm pissed off about the roughing the passer calls. I I I, I probably won't let those go for quite the some time. The one in the first quarter was egregious. I thought uh, the second which, one was really bad. Was it was yeah. non-existent? The but there's so many like. USC had a 14 nothing lead, oh, and again, then they had a 21-7 lead. But this is, this is the point with, with football, and we've talked about this. Single-play high leverage points. Those two roughing the passer calls. One of them's in the interception, the other one's yeah, 36. Like, I, like, I get that, but there's also five of seven drives. Mm-hmm. To, or no, it was seven of nine drives to end the game. Utah scored on. Yeah. Utah scored. Which means the two that you take away are very, very big. Oh, excuse me. It was seven of eight because if you go to the second half 
or you go to the second quarter, they finish the, the first half, touchdown, touchdown. Then in the second half, what Utah did offensively is why USC lost the game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it, it wasn't roughing the pass or penalties. It was or penalties in general. Those have been an issue though for USC. Twelve in this game. But they went seven plays, seventy five yard touchdown. The one play they didn't score on was an 11-play, 72-yard mm-hmm. drive. They fumbled on the three. Then you had 10-play, 79-yard touchdown. 15-play, 75-yard touchdown as the exclamation point. That, that to me, is why USC lost. Also, I, it was very confusing as to why Lincoln Riley wasn't calling timeouts on the goal line. Um, they, due to a massive kickoff return, they still had a chance to get into field goal range. Mm-hmm. But why he didn't call a timeout earlier um like when they get down to the 5 yard line he didn't he waited until it, they got to the 1 before he called a timeout even though you're leading like your offense is that good it's college football the chains will stop like give yourself they would they would have had they had multiple scoring drives of less than 2 minutes in the game oh my goodness they could have saved themselves the in, four plays and uh, they didn't i mean they, they was it uh 6 plays 2 minutes 8 seconds Four plays, minute forty-eight. Nine play. I'm sorry, that's the, the the five plays, seventy-five yards, a minute forty-four. Like they they scored in under two minutes regularly and throughout th- the game. I, I will go also with the way that they close Utah. I will give Utah a ton of credit for closing out both of the halves because they went down Huge. and they scored at the end of the first half, and it was one of those Lincoln Riley was trying to get more points um, at the end of the first half, and with thirty seconds to go, they weren't just taking a knee. USC was going after it, and they wanted to. They wanted to push the tempo and push the envelope. And I give uh, Utah a ton of credit for doing it, stopping them at the end of the first half, and then at the end of the game too. And in both of those situations, USC also had penalties. One of them was an illegal substitution, um, and then another one was false at the start. end of the game, the false start at the end of the game, where you're like. Those are the ones that you cannot have. Those happen. are self-inflicted, yeah, dumb ones that you can't control. I mean, you can control as opposed to a ref using something as and, subjective as roughing and, the pass. And that's where I go to, yeah, where you're talking about those high leverage plays and did that did it affect the momentum? Yes, absolutely. I don't think that we can debate that. There were also plenty of times where USC had the momentum and they shot themselves in the foot yep. too. And I think that that. You can look at both of those and say, yeah, that's the recipe for going on the road and losing a game just the way they did. And there's give a Utah reason. a ton of credit because no. Utah made some plays as well. Dalton Kincaid, dude. dude. Yes, and that's the thing is, I, I when we left on Friday, what did I say? You're I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this game. Yeah. I, I make no bones about it. I Coming into the season, I picked them to be a, a, a nine win. You looked at me like, nine? Really? That seems like a lot. Like, no, no, this team is loaded offensively, but they're also super thin. Addison going down, Eric Gentry going down. You can look at the timing. Eric Gentry going down, all of a sudden Kincaid gets loose. I mean, he was having a good game, mm-hmm. but taking away the one guy in the six foot six linebacker who's a freak athlete who can maybe move with Kincaid and take away some passing lanes because Cam Rising's literally just locking on one guy and carving you up, it hurt them. And again, you have to give Utah credit because I, I feel like this is an issue in college football that doesn't often get addressed. Coaches and quarterbacks are like, let's do this. Let's or coach coaches and or coordinators and quarterbacks are like, let's do this. Let's do this. They get more worried about like setting something up as opposed to just, hey, they're not stopping this one thing. 
Mm-hmm. Let's go to this until they stop it. Don't get cute. And that's what Utah does better than probably most programs because they only have so many paths that they take. And their path was let Cam make a decision, and the decision tree is uh, Kincaid, 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 Vele. Well, and that was Vele being six foot five yes. and a matchup problem with those PIs too is an issue. But Don Kincaid and Cam Rising, they, they deserve a ton of credit and a big shout out here because of the fact that the nuance of what they were doing and when USC was playing as much zone as they were, Don Kincaid and Cam Rising make those quick, definitive mm-hmm. decisions on finding the soft spot and delivering yep. the ball. Like that was that to me was I was like, oh, okay, this is different. That was what Brant Keithy did so well. Yep. For Utah. And it took a few weeks. And when we left on Friday, I was like, yeah, but Don Kincaid, he, he can be mm-hmm. trouble. He's not Brant Keithy. He looked like Brant Keithy to the tune of 234 yards in that game. As a tight end. They could not stop no. him. And it was over the middle and up the sidelines. They, they were able to the, – the drives were kept alive in the middle. The big plays were up the sidelines. Yeah. And this is, this is USC's problem right now. Everybody talks about the, the run defense and this – there's two things that they did not do in this game. They did not get home. Zero sacks for the number one sack team in the country. They got pressures, and they hit Cam Rising. I honestly believe that after the first roughing the passer called, they did back off a little bit. It's the best offensive line they've seen so far. They also don't have a shortage of guys who can get after it. It's not just Thule. That's the thing is that, again, Tipping of the cap to Utah because they got it done because they did get home. Because USC is not a team that has given up sacks, but they got four. Utah got home. I think this is – like, look, think about that, though. SC, best offensive lines that they have seen this year. Probably Oregon State, then Washington State, Stanford, Arizona State, Fresno State, and Rice, probably in that order if you're ranking them. probably. Like they have not gone through a murderer's row of great, and they won't. They no. won't until they get to UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is the only other one they have that's going to be a problem. And if that, okay, if you are talking about who the Pac-12 runs through mm-hmm. right now, it's UCLA. The fronts for UCLA, mm-hmm. and oh, I don't know the fact that Chip Kelly loves his big tight end and uses him, and they have a big body receiver mm-hmm. like that. The fact that they will run the ball down your throat. Chip Kelly does not care if you have a 14-point lead. He stays the course. Uh, that USC-UCLA game, cross-time robbery is going to be fun. And this is far from over. UCLA, if they can get past Oregon this week, and we're going to have a ton on that game uh, all week long. College game day coming it, to Eugene. Big, 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 big game. This one's awesome um, in the in the huge. But if UCLA gets past that, you're looking at, that setup for the end of the season is going to be massive. And that could end up being one of those situations where the if USC wins that game, you're just going to get the rematch in the Pac-12 title. Um, yeah. Yeah, very likely that that could happen. Oh, boy, oh, boy. 503-250-1080. Let's talk about what else happened in the Pac-12, though, uh, because the Beavs, they did it. I mean, that's, an, that is an, that's a hang-your-hat-on-that kind of win. Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Mother, tell your children not to look my way. Tell your children not to hear my words. Great win for the Oregon State Beavers, uh, taking on a Washington State team, and a no like even no doubt that you were the better team on the field. I know it, it got close, and it's it's always going to be touch and go. But every time that Oregon State needed to, first they jump out to a ten nothing lead, and every time it looked like that momentum was going in Washington State's way. Oregon State slammed the damn door shut on them. I that was that is a big win for the Beavs on a lot of fronts. One is you're getting that momentum back and you're heading in the right direction after those two losses against USC and Utah. You go and you you get the one of the more incredible catches from Trajan Harrison that you'll ever see to beat Stanford in an improbable way. But then after that, you go and you get a win at home. Like that against a Cougs team that is hungry, and we were talking about this. There's a lot of separation could be going on in the Pac-12 as a result of those games, and it sure as heck did with the Beavs, who are now two and two in conference play. And Washington State is one in three. That's a really dang good one in three Washington State team in Pac-12 play. For the Beavs to do it the way that they did it by running the ball down their throat with a freshman no less having a day in Damian Martinez. I give the Bees a ton of credit for the way that that game unfolded. That was that was cool to see. Can I just say, mm. Jack Coletto is inevitable. He is awesome. The Jackhammer is you it's know, one of the you, coolest things. You know it's coming. Yep. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just such a weird cult classic thing that just happens. It's, every time he's on the field, something good happens. But I think... They do a really good job of not going to the well yeah. that often, mm-hmm. and they just—I don't know. There's, there's, you, you can only you can only break that glass so many times, right? Before it, it no longer nobody's gonna—it's just not gonna work. No, keep breaking it. Like keep but going you, to it. But you go to it until they do. That's the thing. It's—it's uh, it's kind of weird because if you look at how the the stats of the game broke down, 141 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. That's what they need. That's what they needed in that game and in mm-hmm. that moment was. To have one of those, no, 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 no. We're not going to get into a shootout. We're not going to rely on our backup quarterback. No, we are going to impose our will on the on the Cougs, and they did. If you take a look at the drives, uh, touchdown drive, 417. The interception, 414. The field goal, 12 play, 
535. Mm -hmm. You just start going down the list. That's just in the first half. Then you go to the second half. Their first drive, 11 plays, 74 yards, 534. Just think of that, though, and go back to that. So in the 30-minute first half, you're saying that those three scoring drives, that's, what, 13 minutes of game clock. But they almost used half of the first half on their three scoring drives, uh-huh. and that is it. That That is it right there for the Like, control it. Don't let Cam – especially with Cameron Ward, he is – When he gets going, it's terrifying. But you also see the frustrations like when the ball – like the interception or when the mm-hmm. ball gets knocked loose and there's the, those ball control issues – that it can go a little bit, get a little bit sideways quickly for for Cameron Ward in the, in the Cougs, and they were they were pesky. The Beavers were pesky, mm-hmm. and that's what, that's why you you should love to watch them play. And it it that is a really good offense that they held in check. Um, I don't care what the circumstances are. Um, I do not care if it is on the road. I don't care if it's like one of those night games it's hard to get up for or injuries be damned to in depth of your team. No, 24 to 10 against that offense and that team, that's a good day. And Jake Dickert loves to hang his hat on that defense, and they've kept in check some really good running attacks this year. Beavs and and Damian Martinez ran all over him. And that, that was cool to see. That was cool to see from the Beavs, and now... They kind of are uh, middle of the pack in now at two and two in conference play, and BT Dubs getting closer and closer to a bowl eligibility here. Yeah, all you Beaver fans that were freaking out after you lost to USC and Utah, calm yourselves. Calm yourselves. You've not yeah. you've not arrived, but you're so much better than you were. Yeah, but that momentum that they were that they were riding sure. at that time, those two losses were just like, oh, great. But that's it being like the the sky is falling stuff. You're a better team than you were. It's okay to enjoy it, and it's okay to go through some growing pains. You are now slotted in. You are one week away. You are week freaking eight, and you're going to be bowl eligible. Calm yourselves. Well, don't tell that to the Colorado Buffaloes, who picked up their first one of the year. Was Carl Durrell actually the problem? I don't know. I, I turned that game on for only just like a little bit. Just to see if like there's like a somebody screwed up the score bug. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is one hundred percent. Did somebody put the score in I backwards? It. I I was like that can't be right. Um, but then as I was looking at it and going, well, it actually does make sense that Cal's offense can't get rolling at all. Uh, but the one part that I, I turned the game on for are two parts that I I, I, turn, I flip back to. But one of them was. They were talking about how the new head coach, the interim head coach, don't even know his name, mm. um, he went to the frat houses to try and like get some energy going towards the program by going to frat houses and engaging with the frat bros. Go with and the taking, bros. Taking pictures like in the frat bros basement and saying, hey, we need you guys out there to support the bus. And for as bad as that football team is, there were actually a lot more people than I thought would it's not, be. It's not a bad idea. I mean, genuinely. Yeah, well, not, what not, are you going to, like, what else are you going to do? I mean, you imagine Saban going, and, listen, Michigan State Saban, I could see doing that. Yeah. Alabama, Alabama Saban, not so much. Uh, no, there's a scale of desperation yeah. that in Nick, Nick Saban now 
he will die before <laughs> he gets that desperate ever again. But when you take over an Owen five Colorado team and this is like your one shot, yeah, go ahead. Desperation, yeah, no, go, baby. Go party with the frat bros. You need to do it at that point. And uh, I, it, it worked. They won twenty to thirteen in overtime. Get yourself an Urban Meyer Urban Meyer esque scandal going, and uh, maybe a little motivation. My goodness, no, that too much. That hurts though if you're Cal. Yeah, Wilcox has got to be not thrilled about that. No. Like, I know he's a defensive guy and everything, but my God, Colorado's defense, hadn't they allowed more rushing yards than anybody in the country? Not that day. Um, but, yeah, I, I believe you are correct in that. Also, of note from the Pac-12, Michael Penix Jr. set the UW single-game passing record. Well, he's also number one in the country in passing yards again. Well, yeah, because he threw for half a thousand yards. He yeah. threw for 516 yards and four touchdowns against Arizona which we saw that one coming. There's Arizona's defense is, is doo-doo. Um, in, in a game where the, the Huskies kind of controlled it. You know, Washington, this is a, it, actually a really impressive stat from Washington. They have scored on the opening possession every game. God, that's, that's incredible yeah. scripting. That's incredible scripting. That's yeah. what that is. They've, and not just like... Uh, scoring points, they've scored a touchdown on their opening drive all seven games this year. Yeah, no, that's, again, that's incredible scripting. I, I don't... They'll, not even just from the coaching standpoint, from the coach and the quarterback, no, knowing yeah, exactly what needs to happen. That's way more than that's way more than scripting. That is insane execution mm-hmm. by your quarterback and, and really your offensive line to execute that well on the opening drive and like film study and being prepared for a game. If anything, that makes that me, mind blowing. That makes me believe more in Washington going forward, so that when they do get kind of everything under control, mm-hmm. that the, they are control. that they are a more prepared team. Uh, you mean like defensively? Because yeah. there was nine hundred and sixteen yards passing in that game. Wee five sixteen for Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, Jaden me- <laughs> Delora threw for four hundo. I was just saying, did I mention Jaden Delora's number seven in the country in passing yards? It's a defense optional there. Woo! And then uh, Stanford, sixteen fourteen. They they beat Notre Dame. Listen, I've got nothing it, on that. If there's anybody who loves to see Notre Dame fall, ladies and gentlemen, it is me. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I got nothing on that uh, game. I I will I will pour one out on their grave. I just kind of go, huh. All right. I do feel bad for their head coach. Okay. Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. For him. But I do. Likeable guy. Okay. I mean, I just, uh, that, those are two teams that five, six, seven years ago, that game is awesome. I mean, it was a close game. It was 16-14. It was just very in, bad football. In the year 2022, boy, those programs are uh, not heading in the right directions. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, let's get to the worst day on the web because there's hope. If you're having a bad Monday, the worst day on the web is a little bit of optimism coming your way. First is Jeffrey Rust with SportsCenter. Please. On Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Man, that sucked. 
Yesterday, during the, I don't know how many people were watching. The only reason why I saw is because it was on Red Zone. Uh, for those fortunate enough to watch the Panthers and L.A. Rams play, that's a way to phrase it. In SoFi Stadium, that that Rams team's in trouble. Joe Noteboom done for the year with an Achilles tear. That is now seven of eight offensive linemen for the for the L.A. Rams that they started the season with down. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that, that's like a hitman coming through. It is so hard to find offensive linemen. And they already traded seven, for one. Have seven of them hurt? My goodness. Um, well, during that game, Robbie Anderson, he who criticized Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback, um, he is a guy that is now on the move. He has been traded today to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this coming on the heels of Hollywood Brown got hurt yesterday for Arizona, and Arizona's offense is a mess. And Kyler Murray sounds like he is all sorts of sad about it. But it was the worst day on the web for Robbie Anderson because he got into a argument, actually two arguments, with the wide receivers coach for the um, Carolina Panthers, and he got sent off the field mid-game by the interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, because he was arguing with his wide receivers coach twice, and, and at one point they had to be separated from each other, and they kept John back and forth at each other, and so Robbie Williams, he got sent to the locker room. He got sent to timeout. <laughs> it is tremendous, tremendous content. To have this arc from Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield's trash before he got on this team, and then all of a sudden he's his quarterback. Like, ah, yeah. No, no, no. This is what I love. When guys say these things publicly, and then all of a sudden this comes true, and it's one of those things like, oh, no, they're teammates now. It changes. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. Just like in real life, there's somebody that you absolutely hate, and you let that person know you absolutely hate them, and they end up working, you know, at your company, in your department. You're not all of a sudden like, ah, this guy's actually not that bad. No, you still hate that SOB. Mm. So that relationship sours. Mayfield's awful. Mayf- uh, Mayfield's awful. He gets hurt. And then you look at the rest Another of the Another on P.J. Walker. Yeah, and it's, hell, they got to Jacob Eason. My goodness. I mean, it got sideways. I could imagine him being like, you know what? Talking to his agent. Go full nuclear. Force your way <laughs> go out. Go Antonio Brown. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, just go. Like, he's... He, just do it, get out of there, and get to literally any other situation because the rest of this year is going to be hell for that organization. One of the things that Robbie Anderson said after the game is he's like, I have no idea why I got sent off. Well, I do. I saw you. We like, also, I'm not a professional re, re, uh, lip reader, but I saw you dropping F-bombs at your coach and ch- going chest to chest with him. I think that may have something to do with it. Mm. Um, and the fact that, you have a tendency to, I don't know, not shy away from confrontation. You can, you can get away with a couple of those, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can. And Steve Wilkes is in a situation where it's like, if this is going to be your job and you're going to try to win, you have to change this culture that has obviously gone down the toilet yes. since Ron Rivera left. Which means you may need to strip this thing down to the bones bones, which means yeah. anybody and everybody's got to go. And the incredible thing about uh, Robbie Anderson, he went from having the worst day on the web because he was just getting made fun of left and right. Um, He's having the best worst day ever. Yeah, because (laughs) 
his hair when he was walking off and he like he was like shaking his head back and forth. It's flopping. And it was flopping all over the place. It was hilarious. Tremendous hair, yeah, by the way. Yes. Tremendous hair. A uh, uh, little reminiscent of... Uh, Julio? No, Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Oh, yeah. Drinking your gin and juice in the hood. Fantastic movie. 100%. Love that movie. Loke Dog. Yeah, Loke Dog. Oh, Do Liz. we have a problem? problem. Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Seen that movie more times than I will admit. And... He he was like getting just dragged on social media because of the looks that he was giving and like the the lip no, amateur lip readers please. out there. And then meanwhile, he's sitting there going, "I did what I needed to do. I I if full tinfoil hat, tighten it all, tighten the screws all the way down. He did it on purpose." Yeah, and there's probably other guys in that locker room that are like, "Wait, that's all I need to do? He got what he wanted. <laughs> like he wants out of here. Well, they sent him to Arizona today for like a sixth and sixth a seventh round pe- oh. pick, like." Agents are being called right now. There is zero doubt in my mind. And this is now leading to, he goes from worst day on the web to best day on the web, but I have this question. What are the other teams that are going to be buyers right now? Like, because there's going to be guys that all of a sudden across the NFL, you have teams that are going to start getting desperate. Arizona's one of them. This weekend was kind of the demarcation line for buyers or sellers. You could have gone either way. Like, if the Bengals yeah. lose that game, they mm. maybe go from buyers to sellers. Oh, really? I think. It, I think if you they're, think Cincinnati would have. I think if they're two and four, just, even even though that division is three and three, two and four up and down, I think two and four starts getting really. I, I'd be very interested at looking at the numbers of teams that start two and four that make the playoffs. I bet you those numbers are not great. Mm, no, but this year's so weird because everybody's just because everybody is right bunched there. bunched up, but. Yeah. I do wonder if because it's it's been a little dicey in Cincinnati. Before we get to that, who are who are the new buyers in the NFL? Robbie Anderson did have one of the greatest pieces of audio and video. The visual is fantastic. His first game in Carolina as a Panther when he came over from the New York Jets, he had no idea who or what the Carolina Panthers mascot Sir Purr is. Still one of the best videos ever. Wait, wait. Um, might I add, Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. what was the name of Big Sur? Sir Purr. Big Sur, no. Big Sir Spur was the, was the South Carolina mascot. Sir Spur. Sir Spur. Yeah. What is up with the proper names of Big Big Sir and Sir Carolina? Spur in Carolina? Well, I mean, in Car- the Carolinas. Well, well, let's be honest Carolinas. Uh, both of them. Not a great history of yes sir, no sir. Mm-hmm. In the region, okay, that's fair. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. That's, I mean, but I mean, like, sirs, a well, the thing that's pretty, pretty well dug in. Robbie Anderson had a fantastic response when first seeing Sir Big Sir. What's that man doing? Like a bear. Panther. That's Sir Purr, bro. Who? Sir Purr. How you say that? Sir Purr. Sir Purr. Oh, Sir Purr. Wow. You call him that? Yeah, that's his name. So you be like, what's up, Sir Perk? <laughs> and he's just sitting on the bench talking to... Very uh, matter-of-fact about it. Like, another wide receiver. I can't remember who you, it was. You call him that? Like, that's... And they, they, uh, DJ Moore was there. That's yeah. what it was, it, DJ Moore. Because they, they panned the mascot up in the stands, and he's like, what is that bear up there? You call him that? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. And that's D- his name. And DJ Moore has like this big smile, and he's like, yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, it's it's the mascot, man. He went from the Jets where all you had to worry about was, like, Fireman Ed getting mad and yelling. But he's retired, didn't he? 
Fireman Ed. Semi-retired? I don't know. I remember when they were really bad, he stepped away for a while. Is Fireman Ed back? If there's, I bet you he is now. There should, there should be one guy who's back. And that may be a team that is a buyer right now. The New York football Jets. My goodness gracious almighty. Uh, they handed it to the Green Bay Packers yesterday. Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, we are sitting here week six of the NFL slate. It'll wrap up tonight with the Broncos and Chargers. Uh, Just what the entire world is wanting, more Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the Denver Broncos in prime time. Said nobody ever. Um, but it is a banged-up Chargers team, so I guess you never know. You know, you know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to drop this in here. Do you think that there is a way or a chance mm. that if the Chargers just handle the Broncos, that Hackett gets fired? Broncos, yeah. orange, let's ride. Yeah. Like he's, he's that deep now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if there's a... Um, game management decision that is problematic. Yeah. Like if he if they fail like to to do to to handle a high leverage situation well, and not even talking about execution, but I mean manage it well. Situational football, which they have been the worst at in the NFL and that is saying something this year. Well, uh yeah, I could see it happening. Are we going to start counting how many play callers that Russell Wilson has not worked out has with? Burned through? Yeah. When does that when does that count start catching up to him? When does it flop over? Because he had what four or five in Seattle? Four, four, or no, 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 three in Seattle. This is his fourth. Only his fourth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But for the run of success that they had in Seattle during that, that time, is the, you know, with when, none of them yeah. getting head coaching positions, that is pretty tremendous. When you think about the fact that, like, more often than not, successful coordinators or su- successful coaches in those positions don't usually get fired. Yeah, and here we are. We had Daryl Bevel, Brian Schottenheimer, and uh, then Shane Waldron, who Shane Waldron doing a damn fine job this year with the offense. Mm, interesting. It's Yeah, and then if this happens, it's like, okay, well, how many? Is going to start this tally? Real, real quick, is Gino putting up numbers right now? Gino is. Weird. It's almost like he's like leading the NFL Gino right is. Now. And I would, um, I would like to take note here. Seahawks, three and three. Tied atop the NFC West. <laughs> I I got criticized and laughed at when I said, this team is not going to be as bad as people think they're going to be. I didn't think they would be 500, like, at all. Maybe at 1-1 one one at some point. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But I didn't think they were going to be – I didn't think they were going to be bad. I didn't think that they would be as competitive as they are, which is – I said they were going to be like a 5- or 6-win team. People are like, they're going to suck. They're going to be terrible. There's, there's, still, one... there's still a strong likelihood for that. What, five or six wins? I mean, okay. Yes. Who, I, don't, who, I don't think they're going to The like teams, they, they, they had their Super Bowl win against nine. the Broncos, which is ter- turning out to maybe not be a Super Bowl win because yeah. they sucked. Yeah. Uh, but they beat the Lions, who have the worst mm-hmm. defense in football, and the Cardinals, who are a laughing stock. Yeah, we could have a, a big come-to-Jesus moment here with uh, 
you have the Chargers next week and then the New York Football Giants, which are looking like a good team. And that uh, brings us to our conversation of teams that are buyers at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. I think the New York Giants should be. I think both the New York teams should be at this point because it's insane. They the way that those two teams are playing and they're so vastly different. But as as you're sitting here and you're you're talking about the Carolina Panthers with Robbie Anderson, they're apparently ready to have a fire sale, and they are shopping Christian McCaffrey, and maybe it's to Buffalo or somewhere else. But you're you're talking about this. Uh, Carolina team who's selling everybody off right now, who's going to be the buyers moving forward? Because both New York teams are in that mode to where you have the Jets, who are one of the youngest teams in the entire National Football League. They are, I, I think, like most of their guys are 24 years old or younger. I think over half their roster is under 24. Then you have, they're 4-2. and two, And then you have the New York Giants at 5-1. and one which they may be a little bit older, but at the same time, they need more support around Daniel Jones because if you can give Daniel Jones more talent around him, the further you can go in the playoffs because he is going to be what, what limits you. Are you are we looking at both New York teams being buyers right now? Which is insane because two, three weeks, for sure, three weeks ago for sure, two weeks ago, Saquon Barkley was a guy who was rumored who could be available. <laughs> yeah. Like the Buffalo Bills were thinking about, um, like there was discussions about the Bills and like a swap within New York. Saquon didn't have to move that far because uh, the Bills need a running back. Now all of a sudden are the Bills, the, the Bills are buyers, right? Bills are 100%. Buyers. You, so the state of New York is buyers. Yeah. That's insane to think about. Number mm-hmm. one, like when was the last time you thought like all three, when was the last time? Has there ever been a time all three teams in New York were good? No, there's no possible way. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. There's sure. been a, one of them has been a doormat. It, Maybe like when when OJ was running around Buffalo. Even then, huh? But it, anyways, now I'm, now I'm really yeah. Like you start, start thinking about that, you're like, there's always been. It feels like even when times when the Bills were in the Super Bowl and you you're the, still on the back end of the Lawrence Taylor early years. '90s, the Jets were yep. were bad. They were really bad, but the Giants and Bills were good. Yeah, there's always there's always one that's just you know. If the, have you seen the meme of the three dragons? You have the two, two heads of like just pure evil, and you have the one that's very derpy. The the big outlier here is going to be the the Jets. So you could just look up like the Jets and how bad the last they are. twenty years. Well, uh, t- ten years ago they were good. Remember, Mark Sanchez went to back to back AFC Championship that's games. That's true. They did back to back. But the Bills were really bad then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bills were. are really bad then. Yeah, but the whole you have the whole state of New York. Whole state of New York is buyers. That's yeah. kind of crazy. And dare I say, looking at, we'll talk about the 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 idea of this a little bit more. But the difference between the AFC and NFC West, and the AFC and NFC East, the bi coastal setups right now, I would say the East for that both the NFC and the AFC are both buyers, and you might be looking at more sellers in the AFC and NFC West. Hmm. Like even as tight as the the western western divisions are, they're so beat up that I don't know if you can look at your roster and go, we're going to be healthy enough to compete. Like the 49ers, I don't think they can get healthy enough by the end of the season to compete. But the one thing that may help them is the fact that the rest of the division is crumbling around them, and you you sit there, San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, all three and three, 
Arizona for as bad as they're playing. Like this is why they're in that buyer's market right now and going out and get Robbie Anderson's because they're sitting there going, we're only one game out of the tie for the lead, division lead. We're two and four right now. That that may help out San Francisco more than anything else by just getting healthy as the season goes on. Um, to where it, now that you may have too many teams that are kind of flooding this market because I think Tampa's in this conversation too. Tampa. I mean, there's got to be a buyer. Because, everybody needs an offensive lineman right now. Well, yeah, but they have to be buyers because they are, and so does L.A. with the Rams. They have to be buyers because they are so tied to success right now. Like, they are, like, Tom Brady retires, and what happens to Tampa? Kyle Trask is their quarterback. Woof. You have got to push in all, I think it's only a second year. Um, It is, you have to push in all in right now. And you have just, like, the entire AFC North, you could make an argument, as we're sitting here talking about the NFC West, you can make an argument that any one of those teams could or would push in and become buyers at the trade deadline, but none of them historically are that team outside of like Cleveland, but usually they're, they're sellers and uh, it's not like deadline moves, but there's going to be players that we could see on the move. And like you said, with Saquon Barkley, there's also a lot of guys that we thought would be moved at the deadline that aren't going to, because their teams they're, they're are, over, back. they're overperforming yeah. and it may be the entire NFC East. If we're being completely which, again, which is insane to think about <clears throat> except for Washington. Washington, I could see yeah. the fire sale ha- happening very Any soon. given time. Because Carson Wentz is out for four to six weeks uh, today. He's going to have surgery on his hand because uh, he broke his finger. He So they're going to the Taylor Heineke show. So Whee! the Ron Rivera getting fired in three, two, one. Go. Dan Snyder needs a, a big distraction. Needs this a could scapegoat. Be it. Oh, boy. And then I, I got one more team to you, for you on the buyers at the deadline. Minnesota. Minnesota. Hmm. They're 5-1 and one right now. Mm-hmm. They have a clear lead in the NFC North. Where are they looking to buy? If you are the Minnesota Vikings, Pass rush? you do not, yes, you do not need, you, you see anybody offense. that's available. Your offense is great. Quarterback. Because <laughs> you can get Brady for Cousins straight up. Um, no, you try to, you try to, you try to bolster yourself defensively. Go find your Vaughn Miller. Even though, I, like at the same time, their defense is, they're playing really good football. Like they, they are playing really yeah. good defensive football. Um, but yeah, you you bolster, you can find, if anybody's willing to part with the pass rusher, you go get him. Any great defensive player that comes up on the market, you're calling Carolina, knocking down their door right now. Make a call, uh, uh, lob a couple phone calls uh, to Washington as well. See if you can get somebody on the move because you have Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, uh, Osborne, and, and Irv Smith. You're set at weapons. Yeah, they, you know, Go find yourself some help defensively. And so Darius Smith is the only guy who's done anything for them on the pass rush, sack-wise. Yeah. Five and a half sacks, and you go to Hunter at three, Wanham uh, at two and a half, Hicks at two. Like, it's really just – so if you're going to pinpoint a, a, a spot for Minnesota, it's that pass rush. Secondary is good. Just go and bolster up those big dudes up front, and you could see not enough people are talking about the Minnesota Vikings with enough seriousness. They're good. They're good. Which is just weird. Well, because the what team everybody's talking about, fly, Eagles, fly. They did it again. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.